So in chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians, verses 1 to 5, let me read that scripture for us, please. This then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries of God that he has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove what? Faithful. I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. The first mark of a spiritually wise and mature believer is faithfulness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul says, For this reason, as he writes to, to the church at Corinth, I've sent you to Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Now, what is, what is the definition of faithfulness? We spoke about that maybe four or five weeks ago when we looked at Daniel. Somehow, we're speaking about it again this morning. For me, faithfulness is long obedience in the same direction. And I think that definition comes from a guy that I used to listen to many, many years ago, Charles Swindoll. Faithfulness is long obedience in the same direction. Now, I don't know if any of you had ever um, read the book, um, which is called A Long Walk to Freedom, um, talking about the life of Nelson Mandela. You know, Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. He was arrested several times and stood trial four times. And in the movie Invictus, which speaks about Nelson Mandela's um, involvement in the World Cup victory of South Africa in 1995, it shows in that movie the cell that he was in for 27 years. I watched the movie again about four weeks ago. It is one of the most inspirational movies, whether you're South African or not. So I would invite you just to hire that movie, click on Apple, whatever you need to do, get that movie. It will also inspire you to support the Springboks against the All Blacks next Saturday. <laughs> but when you look at that movie, Nelson Mandela spent, it overwhelms me when I watched that movie the last time, 27 years in that little cell on Roman Island, so that he can have a few years being president of South Africa and uniting both white, black, Indian, and colored people. 27 years for a few years of leadership. 
My friends, if that is not a picture of the Christian lifestyle, I don't know what is. That's what faithfulness is. A long walk to freedom. A long walk to freedom. I think they want me to stand in one place. <laughs> a long walk to freedom. Faithfulness. Someone else says that faithfulness means unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. Nelson Mandela is a wonderful example of that. Now, my friends, there's a few areas that I would like us to touch on this morning when it comes to being faithful as a spiritually wise and mature believer. Firstly, faithful people will always serve. Faithful people will always serve. It is a byproduct of the relationship that we have with God. And out of that relationship that we have with God, remember we've stepped into his kingdom, a value of his kingdom that is close to the heart of God is to serve. The Bible says that Jesus came to serve. So if we have Christ within us and his life shines out of us, the passion of our heart will also be to serve him, but to serve others. And so we see here that um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, then this is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and those entrusted with the mysteries that God has revealed. My friends, as servants of the Most High God, he has entrusted to every single one of his followers certain things that we need to prove faithful over. It's a trust that he has given to us. And that trust needs to be carried out carefully and to follow the instructions of those who have entrusted us with it. And when we serve in that way, knowing that it flows out of a relationship with God, who's brought us into his kingdom, my friends, that service is recorded in heaven one day, and you will receive your reward. Maybe not here, but one day, just like with Nelson Mandela, 27 years in that little, pr uh, in that little prison. Then he served for a number of years as president, but it was too short, way too short. But that's what serving is all about. He waited and waited and waited. Long obedience in the right direction. The mark of a spiritually wise, mature believer is faithfulness in what God has given us. I think there is something like 120 people in our church who serve here. 120. Um, not all on one Sunday, but 
when you look at over a period of a month, 120 people who serve. And all of us serve for different reasons. I would like to center us today, again, into that place where we serve because we have that relationship with King Jesus. Amen? Out of that place, joy comes. Faithful to serve. But a faithful and a mature believer is also someone, secondly, who faithfully receive. Not only are we faithful to serve, we're faithful to receive. One of the things that I've learned over the years that if I do not continuously just come before God and ask God to fill me with himself, it is very, very hard for me to serve. I find that I get um, unappreciative. You know, I feel, uh, God, why must I do this? Sometimes you don't feel appreciated by people. Have you ever been in that place? No one's come and put his hand on your shoulder and said, well done for what you're doing. People just take what you do for granted. And eventually you just want to step back and you don't want to do it. Sometimes all of us feel that way. And when we constantly step into that place where we receive from him and his Holy Spirit comes and he fills our lives, we start to realize that we serve others because of him. And my friends, that is what keeps us going. I'm sure, and by all accounts that I know, Nelson Mandela wasn't a born-again Christian. But man, as we see in this first category that I read about in my introduction, he certainly lived like a Christian. <laughs> but we all know that living like a Christian doesn't save us. Can't be saved by our works, my friend. It doesn't matter how good you are. I don't know whether Nelson Mandela cried out to the Lord that one day, I, not his judge, but by all accounts what I've heard, he lived the life that Christians ought to live. He served out of a fullness that you and I can learn from. And my friends, that fullness only comes when we're before God and we receive from him. My friends, for me, that fullness comes when I pray. When I'm before him, when, when, when I take my Bible and, and it's a regular posture that I have, is, is taking my Bible. For me, I have to have it physically in my hands. That's just an old habit. don't know if it's a good or a bad habit. I think it's a good habit. Grab it and pray and let God fill you. Serve out of that. And my friends, in the disappointments and the heartaches that you endure, you'll get up and you'll say, Jesus, I follow your example. He wasn't very well appreciated in his day, was he? Just when he was at the heights of his ministry, he had to step back and he looked at Peter. He says, are you going to leave me too? And Peter says, no, Lord, how can I do it? You have the words of eternal life. But he was rejected. He was unappreciated. But he regularly came before the Father. Regularly. And he prayed that he would 
be filled with his presence. In the garden of Gethsemane, my friends, he went through, but that's the next point. He just regularly asked the Father just to fill him. Let's get into a daily habit of asking God just to fill us. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying. Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive. In my notes, I put it in capital letters. And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Whatever gift you have to serve and whatever sacrificial service you've stepped into, which is not necessarily your gift, my friends, that God gives us. Did you know that faithfulness is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit? You know that? Suddenly the light comes on, doesn't it? Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or endurance, kindness, goodness, and, yes, you got it right, faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. My friends, the Holy Spirit fills us when we just have those times when we say, God, I'm so empty. Would you come and fill me again? And then we need to be faithful in suffering. That's probably the hardest place for us to serve out of this when we're suffering or when we are being persecuted. And Paul knew all about being in that place. He was being persecuted at the time he was writing the letter to the church at Corinth. He tells them what he had suffered. And this man had suffered much. Now, someone in the church sends him a letter and says that there's bickering within the church. Um, They're saying all kinds of things about one another. And I can see Paul. He said, oh no, do I have to deal with this again? As a pastor, uh, we want to serve. We want to reach our goals. We want to resource finance to get churches to preach the gospel all over. We want to reach people for Christ. We want to see people in love with Jesus. We want to come here and we want to sing like we did this morning. Wasn't it incredible, the singing part of our worship? Hard work goes into this. But then sometimes as a pastor, you've got to start dealing with this. Murmuring, you've got to deal with that murmuring and with this and with that and with this. You say, can I, can I not just give myself to visionary things? No, Paul had the same. And he was an apostle working into the life of the church. He wasn't the pastor there. So he comes in 
And he says to them, guys, in serving, through faithfulness, you've got to make sure that you are faithful in your suffering. Verses 9 to 13 says, For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as humans. We are fools for Christ. But you are so wise, he's being sarcastic here. Paul, in his writing, can be quite sarcastic with the people. He says, you know, we are fools, but you are so wise. We are weak. But you are so strong. You are honored and we are dishonored. This very hour we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. How many of you know that Paul wasn't always loved? But he was faithful in suffering. And now he turns to the Corinthians. He says, later in the letter, he says, follow me. Oh, that's a huge statement to make, isn't it? He says, follow my faith. Why? Because he's suffered for Christ. He says to them, you need to suffer. You need to be faithful in suffering as I have been faithful. My friends, whatever you are going through, if you're suffering today, if it is hard, don't give up because the one living in you will give you the strength to endure. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil, your labor, is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain in the Lord. Don't give up. Push through, even if it is hard. How do I conclude? Well, When we have done what was needed, but we were ignored, misunderstood, and sometimes even forgotten, we can be sure that your labor is not in vain. When we did what was right, with the right motives, but received no credit, no acknowledgement, not even a thank you, my friends, know that God will reward you. When any person has served and given and sacrificed, and then willingly stepped aside for God to receive the glory. Our Heavenly Father promises that He sees what you've done. So let's trust Him for that.